Hey everyone, welcome to Pink Shade with Erin Martin. I'm coming to you straight from the polar vortex of southern Wisconsin, where it is negative 35 degrees today, and tomorrow will be a balmy negative 65 with wind chill. Yes, we are living through this right now. School has been canceled forever. It will continue to be canceled. So I'm on kid duty, and I'm podcasting, and I'm catching up on TV, and I'm just kind of dreaming of living somewhere else. If you're in a warm place right now, can I come visit you? And if you're in a cold place right now, I hope you're staying warm. I hope you're okay. And I hope your animals are okay. What the hell are we supposed to do with our animals, guys? I bought these little booties for my little dog, Chewy. Oh my God, they're hilarious. They, they're they not uh, appropriate for a dog to wear. They're so tight on him. He doesn't want to walk in them. If you put booties on your dog ever in the snow, you know what I'm talking about. It's absolutely fucking hilarious, actually, to watch them walk in them. But you have to protect their little paws. Oh my God. I have a picture of Chewy on my Instagram if you want to go see it. It's really sad, but it's also really cute. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram or Twitter at Erin Leah Martin. I am not going to be on the Jenny McCarthy show this week because they are doing a live Super Bowl special for a few days this week and then over the weekend. And uh, I'll be back on there next week, though, to do Real Housewives Roundup, talk about Seeking Sister Wife, Love After Lockup, whatever is going on in reality TV that we want to dish about. But I will have two episodes coming your way this week. So you are going to get today's, which is a recap exclusively about two of my favorite shows right now, Seeking Sister Wife and Love After Lockup. I have Mary Payne Gilbert from the podcast Pain in the Pod here with me to do this recap. And then Friday, I will be releasing a bonus episode with Carla Gibson, who runs a really popular Instagram account called Not So Southern Charm. She and I have been in contact for the past year, especially when all of the Southern Charm scandals were going on, and she is in deep with the Southern Charm cast. She has a lot to say about what has gone on over the past year. She has some scoops about filming that just wrapped on the new season of Southern Charm. They'll be coming out later on this year. And we just kind of go all over the place. Everything Southern Charm, everything that she knows, all of the things that I kind of touched on earlier this year and last year with Nanny Dawn and Ashley Perkins and, uh, of course, Ashley Jacobs, who has gotten herself back in the news, along with Thomas Ravenel. So that will be coming Friday. In addition to that, I will be giving you a bonus episode on Patreon this week. Patreon.com slash Pinkshade is where you go to become a Patreon member. You can support the podcast. I can't thank you enough if you've already done that. It means so much to me and you are basically keeping the lights on and helping this podcast stay alive through your patronage. So thank you guys. And you can also get some fun episodes there. This week, I'll actually be having Kim from the 90 Day Fiance Cray Cray podcast on my Patreon for an exclusive episode where we really go deep on what the hell happened this season on 90 Day and how it affected the world of podcasters and bloggers and even people on Instagram just, you know, trying to have fun and live their lives and comment on 90 Day Fiance stuff because it got really dark behind the scenes, guys. And so Kim and I are going to talk about this, again, exclusively on Patreon. In addition, I have kept some extra juicy stuff from Carla Gibson's talk with me to put on the Patreon for members only because she has some inside information, again, on the Southern Charm scandals that we decided we need to release on a little more of a private platform. So 
You can become a member at patreon.com slash pinkshade. But if not, you can also listen to our really good conversation here on the regular podcast Friday. Of course, there are so many shows going on right now. It's hard to cover them all. I'm watching New Jersey and loving it. I think it is definitely their best season in many, many years. I'm not as turned on by Atlanta this year. It really is more of a snooze fest, but I did love Eva dragging Marlo this week. I am here for that. That was <laughs> that was some good TV. Vanderpump Rules continues to deliver. I don't think it's as boring. Some people are saying, oh, this is kind of a boring season. I'm in. I'm still in. I think Katie is acting kind of like a monster. I think Billy Lee is trying to get a spot on the show and good for her. It's got enough drama for me. That cast is big enough that they always deliver something. And, you know, I'm I'm here for it all. I think Tom and Ariana are an interesting couple. And the way they're showing them this season, I don't know if the writing's on the wall for them to be splitting soon, but ugh, it's it doesn't look good for them long term. Let me know what you think. Come over to the Pink Shade with Aaron Martin Facebook page and you can join us, join in the discussion. We're talking, of course, reality TV. We're talking true crime, a little bit of cult stuff. And you can always listen to my other podcast, Cult Talk with Aaron Martin, if you want to hear everything about the cult I was born into, the Kobu. It's wrapping up in a couple of weeks. There are many episodes you can binge on. And I'll be coming out with season two, probably later on in 2019, about an entirely new cult. There's a Facebook page for that as well. Cult Talk with Aaron Martin on Facebook. You can join us there to talk all cults all the time. All right, guys, let's get into it. Mary Payne Gilbert and I talk about our favorite reality shows this week, Seeking Sister Wife and Love After Lockup. Well, welcome back, Mary Payne Gilbert. Thank you, Erin, for having me. You know I love to talk about these trashy shows. I know you do. And you were tweeting me before Seeking Sister Wife came back on TLC, and you were like, are you in? Are you in? And I was like, you know, I just talked to Jody about this from the Reality TV podcast because she is definitely two feet into the whole polygamy world. She covers all of the shows. And she had really recommended Seeking Sister Wife, but I never realized like how much different of a show it was from the original Sister Wives. And so I'm in. I'm watching it. I've never watched the original Sister Wives. I mean, I know the characters just because, you know, they're out there in the ether. So I know. Um, I know about Mary and the catfish and uh, Cody and the ponytail. But I I don't know. I've never really watched it. So this to me is like my first, other than Big Love, my first foray into uh, polygamy. This is my third because I did Big Love. You know, a lot of us love that show. And then I actually had to recap my Five Wives, which was a show on, was that Lifetime or was that TLC? I think that was Lifetime, Lifetime's version of their polygamy like thing. It was this guy with like literally five wives and it was so boring. And I recapped it for one season on reality TV. I wrote the recaps and I was like, what am I even writing about? Because I had never <laughs> watched a reality TV show about polygamy before. I'm like, what am I even like? This is bizarre. I mean, they had like 45 kids. Oh too. my gosh. Yeah, it was insane. So, all right, but Seeking Sister Wife, the premise is this is season two. The premise is that these couples, these plural couples, are seeking a sister wife. And some of them have, uh, it's just a man and a wife right now. Some of them have two wives already. I think two is the max, right? Yes, there are two families with so two far, wives. So far, yeah. So far. Yeah. Now, when we say they have two wives and they're seeking another wife or these plural wives, they're not all wives they can't be all wives they're just calling them wives because you cannot be legally married anywhere in this country to 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 more than one person right 
Okay, so th- let's just be clear on that. So they're actually seeking a sister side piece. <laughs> yes, yeah, slash babysitter, <laughs> slash somebody can help me with the dishes. Okay, exactly. Okay, thank you. Is that what's going on here? What is the, what is basically happening here? You watch season one. Are these people really looking for the whole celestial kingdom? We want to expand our family. This is our belief system. Or is it, I mean, there seems like to be a mixed bag of people here. Like some of them are just looking for like extra booty or a nanny, like you said. Well, okay. So season one, we had um, Dimitri and Ashley. And you probably saw the flashbacks of that really young um, flight attendant that they brought on. And then he immediately slept with her. I watched a recap of season one, like a quick and dirty one. So I saw the scenes with them and I saw what happened. Yeah, he slept with her and his wife was all like, you broke our commitment to each other. And then they treated her like she was some kind of hussy. And I was like, what is wrong with you two? Right. And These are the Snowdens. Yes, and the Snowdens. And then before... Now, some tea came out last year when they first came on the show, and it was all that they had had this other sister wife before, and they mentioned her sometimes about they don't want to get burned again. They had this live-in girl with them for a while, um, but it didn't work out. And this girl came forward and said, you know, basically, the Ashley just wants to be bisexual, and this is her way to do it, is to let her husband, you know, screw me as well. And after a while, I realized, you know, I, I don't want to have sex with all these people. What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mary Payne. Okay. This is what's going on. So these people are totally strange. They're completely, completely fucked up. I mean, I, when, when you see them in interviews, it's obvious. But their backstory, if this is true. Yeah, allegedly. Is that it, is, it informs us about what they want now. So they want someone that they can both sleep with. Do you think the wife is really running the show and he's just playing along then? Uh, I think that... Probably early into their marriage, he must have had a string problem. And she's probably like, look, I don't really care. And it's fine. And maybe I can stray as well. But maybe we should put it under the guise of, you know, just have this one person so it's not multiple people. So let's pretend like we're polygamous. And now also, since last season, they've also decided to become Hindu. I mean, I'm like... (laughs) I don't think the Hindu religion, now I'm not an expert, but I don't think they're into polygamy. So I'm not really sure why she and her children all have the third eye on their head. Is that called a bindi? Bindi, but it's for the Hindu religion, I think. Okay, don't at me. I don't know. But I feel like like that's really kind of sacrilegious in a way. I mean, that sounds awful, but I don't know. I feel like doing that and not actually being of that belief system is very strange. I think it's very strange and very disrespectful. Yes, there you go. Like, like, it just feels icky to me. Okay. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, they're weird. Okay, so these they're people weird. are gross. These yeah. people are totally gross. How did they get this beautiful woman to join them this season? Is her, what's her name? Vanessa? Vanessa. The curly hair, gorgeous. Like, she's not some 19-year-old. She is a grown woman. They're already telling her, like, she can't eat meat. I mean, why would she ever in a million years agree to this, number one? Know. And number two, do it on national television. I don't know. I don't know. And... Her whole theory of, like, the reason I wanted to do this was because any man that I had would have to share me with my friends. And I have so much fun with my friends. I'm like, okay, well, I have definitely a lot of fun with my friends, but I don't want one of them to marry my husband also and live with us. I mean, that is very – it's a very weird jump to make to me. 
Yeah, and as Dimitri says, share his member. <gasps> oh, cringe. Oh, gross. Right? Mm. I know. Mm. So, okay, the Aldridges were on last season, too, and I watched their story play out and how they were stood up by that woman, and then she came and she was like, I really connect with you, but not with the other two. And then the really sad story about the redhead who's so pretty. What is her name? Uh, her name is... Um, Charisse or Vanessa. Yes. She's Charisse. Wait, no. Wait, Vanessa is the really pretty redhead, and then Sharice is the second wife. Okay, so Vanessa is the one who had a molar pregnancy last year, and yes. she was devastated to learn that she wasn't really going to have a baby, and that was so sad. I watched that actually replay, and I was like, man, this is, I don't know, feeling really sad for these polygamist families right now, but it was, of course, that's a personal story as a woman, you know, for her, and it played out on TV. Now, they it didn't work out with that woman last year. Now, they are going to meet another woman in Niagara Falls who is a bartender by night? Uh-huh. What? Her like pi- is her, this her pictures are uh not very um demure and Christian like, I would say. No. Exactly. It was sort of like Anfisa light, like 90 Day Fiance <laughs> yeah. ish. Yes. Right? Wasn't it? It looked like mm, is this girl in Russia? No, she's in Niagara Falls. And then they're acting like, oh, she's a little bit different from us, but I think it'll work out nicely. I'm like, are you kidding? Like, is this a joke? I'm sure she wants to move to that ranch, you know, that I don't know. I, they have so many kids and their kids have got the craziest names. Um, I was really, I was trying to remember some of their names before I came on to talk to you. I mean, I was like, let's just say anything. I mean, it could just be like, um, a, you know, bird box. I mean, that could be one of their kids' names. They have the weirdest right. names. Lagunta. Yeah. <laughs> it's, they have the craziest names and they, you know, are all truly a plural family, unlike some of the other ones. They're all living there together, and they're going to add someone else into that mix, and then they want to breed more families. What's First of all, is there a dude shortage? What is <laughs> they, happening? Now, Why all, would you want to sh- have share a dude and all those kids? Of all the, the strange families, they seem the most normal. You know, like both of those it's women so I could see being my friends, or he seems like a, a guy down the block. Um, they seem the most normal. He seems the least... Uh, uh, horned up for, uh, you know, another wife of, of all the guys. Right, yeah. right. So why does he want another one? Are they the true believers of the bunch? I think they Is are. That what we're believers? calling them? The, uh, okay. the second wife, Sharice, she grew up in with polygamous parents. Right, so for her, it's normal. So she jumped right on board. Yeah. So, and I think that's it, too. I, th- I think that a lot, if you grow up like that, then you think like, oh, yeah, well, I've always wanted to live that lifestyle. Right, right. Now, when it comes to the McGee's, who oh are God. from your neck of the woods. <laughs> okay. I just realized watching this last episode that they are from Brandon, Mississippi. Okay, I'm from Jackson, Mississippi. But I know lots of, like, a lot of my family's from Brandon. I know lots of friends that live in Brandon. I mean, that's just like where I am in saying Alexandria, D.C., Arlington, like they're all very close. Like you would just say I'm from the Jackson area and that would include Brandon. So I immediately looked them up on Facebook. They're both on there, but they've got it pretty locked down. And I sent a text to my friend that lives in Brandon. I was like, do you know about these people? Do you know them? What's the story? And she was like, I don't even know about this show, but I'm on it. She looked and said that she had one friend in common with both of them. And she said, and that person is a complete weirdo. And I said, maybe that's the next wife. She said, it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. 
Holy shit. Yeah. Okay, so was she able to infiltrate their pages? She's going to do a little more investigating. I only I only sent her a text like 10 minutes before I got on with you, and she's like, let me dig a little deeper, and I'll get back to you. All right, you get back to us. We will be waiting for that because I need more intel on these people. Right now, at the time of filming, they're living in an RV park. They had a very sad thing happen. Their house burned down. Tragic, but they don't seem too unhappy in this RV living in the campground. They're making the best of it with two boys. And... This seems like a great time when you're living in an RV with non-potable water to look for a second wife. I mean, those boys, you know, they're like my kids' age. And I can't even imagine that they're – first of all, I don't think they go to school. I think they're homeschooled, I think. They used to go to school, and now they're – let's talk about this whole I'm going to do exactly what the Bible says thing. Okay. Okay. You know that book – that guy wrote called The Year of Living Biblically. Biblically is hard to say. He, I've heard of that. Okay. Yeah. So he went and did every single thing the Bible said, right? So he never wore uh, clashing fabrics, right? So he didn't wear cotton or wool and he couldn't wear a fake fabric. He never wore polyester. He could only wear the robes of white. He wasn't, he wouldn't allow his wife to sit on the furniture when she was having her period. He was like, that went over really well. <laughs> I mean, it's funny. He walked around with stones in his pockets so that he could stone an adulterer when he met one. Um, I mean, it's a, are, it's a, are we talking Old Testament here? Yeah. It's, it's, a, okay. it's a comedic book. So you have to stone an adulterer. You right, can't right, wear right. mixed fabrics. You know, all these so things. So he was making the point of taking things literally. Very literally. So I'm thinking, okay, um, McGee's, if this is what you're going to do, and now you've been called to this because you decided you have to live biblically, biblically, why can't I say that? Then, um, <laughs> then, you need to, then you need to um, stone the adulterers and you need to, I mean, when you have your period, you need to stand in the yard. I mean, it's crazy. That's crazy that that's your excuse. I think she's just tired of having sex with him and is ready to push off okay. those duties. Here's the deal. Jenny McCarthy and I have the same opinion. We talked about this week on her show or last week on her show at this point. And she, I was like, you got to watch this show. This is your new obsession, Seeking Sister Wife. Get on it. It's, it moves a little bit slow. I will say that. It's a little bit slow for me. But it's crazy enough that I'm willing to stick with it. And she was like, what is going on with these guys? Why are they, you know, who the hell would want to marry them? And, and we were talking about it. And, I, and we both really think that, yeah, these women are like, Please, someone come sleep with my husband so I don't have to anymore. That's basically the deal here. Yeah, that's and what I think. They're tired. They're tired. <laughs> they really aren't interested. They're like, can someone just lighten the load? Uh, I'll be your friend. Like, we'll be besties. We'll braid each other's hair. We'll take care of each other's kids. And you can just sleep with this guy every other night because I'm done. Yeah. And he is like the creepiest one. Like, he's the type to throw you in a white van and you never be heard from again. Oh, McGee, totally. McGee, yeah. yeah He's totally. like really creeping me out. Now, he doesn't creep me out on the same level as Colton, though. And this is the last family, the Winders. Okay, I need to go back very fast to Paige McGee. Her Facebook picture is a picture of her, and I clicked on it, and she's wearing a T-shirt that says, I love my husband. <laughs> just in case we were wondering. Just, okay. just, just in closing on that family. <laughs> okay. And moving on. Okay. All right. The Winders. The Winders. Colton has a Kermit the Frog voice and the face of, like, a child serial killer. Like, he he's going to become one in the future, but he's just grooming his victims right now. 
Yeah. I, I I was just watching this earlier today and I really was trying to put my finger on it with him. Like, cause I know that there's, there's stories have come out that he suffered from depression and his wife to cure him of his depression, let him get another wife. What? That's, that's the story that I read and that he has come out and said, that's not true. You know, we, um, after he left the church, he was depressed about that. And then that he and his wife felt called, you know, to this life of getting the new wife. And she, the new wife, also had grown up in a polygamous family. So she was like, yeah, I'm right on board with it. Let's go. Oh, my God. So it's oh, the second wives seem to have to be born into polygamous families or be okay with that already because they would never be jumping on board. The first wives seem like they're the ones who get screwed. Like their husband tells them long after they're married, like, oh, by the way. I might want another wife. I think the only uh, people that don't follow that rule is Dimitri and Ashley, but the rest of them, that's exactly right. Yes, exactly right. Especially like the brinies that you didn't see that were on last year. You want to talk about about you want to talk about a creepy creeper that guy. And didn't the one wife run away with all the kids? Yes, last season. Yes, she's the first wife, and she said on the show like this was never part of the deal. I was never on board with this. And, you know, okay, here we are. And they're two wives and 27,000 kids later. But her kids were older. Like, her, one or two of her kids had left the house. I mean, her kids were the oldest ones. Uh, and he had the younger kids with the next two wives. Could you imagine your kids leaving the house? You just raised all these kids with your husband. You're ready to empty nest it. You're ready for a little bit of a break and some sadness. And then you have to raise, like, a shit ton of other little kids. Uh, no, I'd be like, not my turn. I'd be running away too. I'd be out. I'd be out long before then. You know, my my husband and I used to watch Big Love together. We loved that show. And he would say to me pretty much every single week when we watched it, because this was back in the day when we'd watch HBO every week when it dropped. And he's like, this is so goddamn stressful. Who the hell would want more than one wife? Because they really, you know, Bill Paxton's character was so stressed out. Yeah. In that show. And I was like, this is a great portrait of why you would never want to be in this situation as the man or the women. Because they were all just like, it was like a hot mess all of the time. And I'm like, why are we pretending on these reality TV shows that this is a happy way to live? Like one guy is spreading himself around so thinly to all those children, first of all. And I know this is judgmental. People could do what they want. But it's bullshit to those kids. And like I said, the only one... uh seemingly so on television that seems like he's got it all together is the Allridges. And so I'm like, okay, go ahead. They can get their Niagara Falls waitress wife. I mean, whatever. I think they're going to all be happy. (laughs) Oh my God. Colton though, his wives are really taken with him. They're like smitten kittens with this guy who is the creepiest creeper of all creeps. I mean, he sits there and holds both of their hands. This is another thing I can't get over. They're all on couches together, and they're all holding each other's hands in the interviews like such weirdos. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, I fell in love with her <laughs> because we just read books together and oh my God. not talk for like 10 hours. <laughs> and I'm like, and she's like, yeah, I know. It's great. And I'm like, what are you guys like mentally here? Is, are we being punked? Are these real people? The first wife, I don't think, seems – she doesn't seem that thrilled about it. The second wife is all in. She's like, I'm tired of being your closet wife, your hidden wife. And they live like two towns over, so every day he has to drive back and forth like 30 minutes to each other's house. I don't understand this. Is one of them living with her parents? Is that the deal? 
I think Ooh. we saw this week she's living he because they can't afford to get a house together, which means that he doesn't own both of those homes. I think the one who has the child, his first wife, is living with her parents. No, I think he or the and the wife one. and the baby have the house, and that wife number two, who grew up in polygamy, lives. I don't think she owns that house that they show her in, but I mean, when they say house, it could be a, a studio apartment. I mean, you know, we only saw him in the kitchen. Yeah, but why can't you just all live in one house? It doesn't make any sense. I don't get this. It does not make any sense. And so you can't afford to all live together. Now's a great time, kind of like the RV family. Now's a great time to look for another wife. Yes, but RV why? family, RV family, I mean, you know, not to make stalkers out of everybody that we already are, but <laughs> if you just type it into the Google machine, their names, their address comes right on up in Brandon, Mississippi. I know exactly where they live. It's crazy. Oh, my God. These They are real people then. Okay, so fine. These winders, Colton and his two wives, going for a third, think that they, they are going to be the scandal of the town this week when they go out to an, an abandoned park where the apocalypse has already happened and they were not chosen. They were like, oh. Uh, no one's there. Oh, it's so funny. We didn't think that people would be at church on a Sunday morning in this predominantly Mormon town. I know. What the hell was that all about? And they're like, we're going to have a party for our little girl with no one, no, well, not one friend, not even a little, like a little rent-a-kid. I'm like, what kind of damn party is this for this poor little girl? All these cameras are following her around while they're sitting there being weirdly paranoid that someone's going to walk by. I'm like, this is the worst production I've ever seen. Yeah, I don't know why they have to feel the need to make some big outing. Why don't they just tell their close friends and then let everybody else figure it out? Who cares? Yeah, and also, I think people will just, you know, think they're creepy because they're creepy, not because they're in a plural marriage. Yeah. They're creepy despite the fact that they're in a plural marriage. And that goes for most of these people. Like you said, I think the Aldridges are the most social, well, like socially adjusted. Like they can get by, they have verbal skills. He seems at least to present a more sane person, even though the concept of this family to me is insane. But right. Colton and his wives, I mean, my God, they would be accepted as regular single people. I mean, maybe maybe the wives would. He is so bizarre, though. I cannot get over it. He is a gift to reality TV. It's he interesting really that he, wants to, uh, he already wants a third wife when second wife doesn't even have a baby yet. It seems like first wife would have at least two, next wife would have at least one before he'd start looking for a new wife. I, yeah, exactly. Because the whole point, if they're going for this, I'm, you know, basing it on this deep abiding spiritual principle that I that I have is to expand their family. Well, they're not doing that already. Yeah. So it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And are we supposed to believe that Colton is like this massive horn dog? Ew. I know. The, well, the second wife. I love that we just call them first wife and second wife. Like, I couldn't give a fuck what their names are either. But <laughs> so a second wife, she is all like, yeah, we spend our whole time in the bedroom and we're together. And I'm like, like well, that's probably because she lives with her parents and they're not I, allowed in the den area. <laughs> marriage is blessed by society okay let's talk about love after lockup really quickly are you loving this season I, I love it and also I'm just so sad about it I mean I'm so sad about Clint I mean he's not right I, I'm so <laughs> I feel sad for him well you're not you shouldn't feel sad because he just tweeted this week nothing is mentally wrong with me and I've never smoked crack <laughs> okay that was the crack talking that I mean 
That was his mom typing that for him. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I couldn't find it. I was looking for it the other day because we were talking about it on your Facebook page. And I was like, remember when he ran the little Debbie truck into – and then I was like, I couldn't find the article about it. And it really distressed me because it was out there, his prior arrest, before he hooked up with um, – uh, what's her face? Cracky Crackers. Yeah, Tracy. 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 Yep. Yep. Tracky. So she – God. <laughs> awful she's also been pictured with him recently she looks like she's lost a bunch of weight she's got her coffee can like eyeliner back on her coffee grounds eyeliners i mean she's posing with him they both are the color of like jaundiced you know pre-treatment babies who have jaundice (laughs) my own included they really look like they're trying to appear as if oh look we got back together it's all good but i'm like "Mm, i don't know that we're ever gonna see her again on the show I I don't know. And then people were saying that they weren't even married. And at least this is not as bad as 90 Day where we know every single detail before it came out. At least now we're trying to do some digging because they didn't put so much of it out there that we can't quite figure it out. Agree. Agree. This is reminding me of early 90 Day Fiance where it was fun and the people were just like clueless and we could just laugh and we could just have a good time just like we want to do with our trash tv just like let us watch our trash tv and quit talking back to us people like yes, yes. you're on it we're the viewers and that's how it should be you know and i like that i like that it's still like that i'm hoping love after lockup can retain that <laughs> that sweet innocent purity <laughs> of felons marrying their crack you know their- if somebody could hear us we're like remember back in the days when we could just watch our crackheads in peace Seriously, though, I was so, oh my God, I'll be talking about it on the Patreon this week, but I w- I've been so scarred by this season of 90 Day Fiance for so many reasons. And I can't I wait. Not to hear, give I up. cannot wait to hear what you have to say. Jesus. I'm going to have Kim from the 90 Day Fiance Cray Cray podcast on Patreon with me, and we are going to go deep, you guys. So if you haven't joined the Patreon yet, it's patreon.com slash pinkshade. You can become a member for five bucks a month or more. And I'm trying to drop at least three episodes a month, and that should go up if I can get more Patreon members. And yeah, we, Kim and I are going to just talk about it all because we are we are weary. We are weary. <sighs> yeah. But anyway, for you, Love After Lockup, and for me, is like, I don't know. I'm putting words in your mouth. It's the best thing going on right now. I, I, I'm going to put it neck and neck with Seeking Sister Wife. I mean, Love Really? After, yeah. Well, well, okay. It's better. Okay. It's better. It's but, better. It's better yes. because... The people are so off the chart delusional. You know, listen, I know yeah. I like hot Matt, um, hot felon Matt. <laughs> I, I like him despite his tooth hole. <laughs> and I want him and Caitlin to, to work out. And I, I'm rooting for those two. And I keep hope, you know, you saw, oh my gosh, did you see that her mom had died? Oh my God, no. I did. I saw that her mom died around oh. Thanksgiving. No. Yes. So she's got her mom died, and I'm kind of hoping that at least her having her, I know her having the the experience with living with an an addict that she's going to not stick with him if he is in fact you know back on the meth. I hope she's not going to try to fix him because she couldn't fix her mother. You know. Yeah, that's what we, that's one, one would hope, but patterns are repeated generally. So that's really, it's so sad to me, especially, you know, finding out that she has a kid 
you know, that she doesn't talk about, but she has a child. Who's like 11 or something? Yeah. And so it's like, don't make this decision to be with this mad dude who's obviously not going to be okay on the outside. I mean, I'm rooting for her, but I'm not rooting for them. I want her to be with a good guy. And he, I don't think he's a good guy. And like, I'm rooting for Brittany, but I'm not rooting for her and Marcelino, even though, I, you know, we won't do any spoilers, but if you look out there, it it looks like they're still in each other's lives in a big way. I won't say any more than that, but I it's like I just want her to be okay too. I know she's so pretty. I I really need her to invest in some laser tattoo removal for her fingers. I know. I know, but you know what? If if she's got to have those tattoos on her fingers, I'm okay with it. That hair coming out of prison, I was like, "What? Oh. You have that hair straight out of prison?" Like, I'm jealous of that straight out of prison hair. Yeah, you know, her, she was using, like, bar gorgeous. soap to wash it, Seriously. probably. Seriously. She is gorgeous. And she, she also is very, uh, I don't know, would you describe her as deep? Like, she has more depth than the other people on this show. I think she's very smart. I think she's taken a look inward. I think she, you know, used prison for good. I think she d- never wants to be away from her baby again. But I need somebody to get to the bottom of this Tito situation because he for sure was a character out of Breaking Bad. For sure. He's in the cartel. For sure. He has reformed himself, Mary Payne. No, he has Aaron. reformed. You know what? He's the only one who was making sense in, in the entire scene. I was like, this dude who, again, yeah, allegedly might still be in a cartel, is the only one who's making sense. And he was so mature talking about like step parenting and how you're all there for the child and you really shouldn't have these beefs as adults. I'm like, yeah, Tito. Go. You say what you got to say. I agree with all that. However, I still need to know. I mean, he was in prison for 11 years for meth distribution. He didn't just come out and somehow get this big, huge house with his good looks. (laughs) I need the background. You know what, though? We're not going to say anything because Tito's still out there. So, Tito, like, we don't know anything, Tito. We're not accusing you of anything, Tito. not accusing you of anything. It's all alleged. And also, I think he's a good father. Let's move on. Okay, so speaking of sister wives, we have to talk finally about the sister wife scenario going on on Love After Lockup. It's almost a crossover of sorts. Sarah, Megan, and Michael. Oh my gosh. What do you think? Only two people are aware of it. (laughs) Exactly. Is Megan going to give up uh, the V card for Michael? Like, will we come back next week and the deed will have been done? Or are the producers going to actually step in and save this girl? Or is she not even a virgin? Is this just like one big hoax? Uh, okay. That was you just threw a lot of questions at me. I know. I I, know. I, I don't know if she's a virgin. She may just be saying that for her dad. Uh, I do definitely think she did it with him in the room for sure, for sure. Oh, with those and, fingernails that he has. Oh, gross. And then I do think after he gets it done. Then he's going to be like, hey, now we got to get back in the car because I only have one hour before I have to get this car back. I, I mean, I think they're going to hop right back in the car and he's going to go take her to meet um, Sarah. Is, Is that, that okay? Yeah, yeah, because they showed that they were going to meet up and they've been teasing it. Oh, my God, for like eight weeks now. But they're really teasing it like it's going to happen next week. And I feel like we're almost there. Yeah. What yeah. do you think is going to be the reaction? Is Sarah pregnant? Is Sarah not pregnant? Is someone going to get beat up? Are they going to turn on Michael like they should? Or are they going to turn on each other? Okay. Sarah's not pregnant. It's my prediction. Okay. Sarah is going to go crazy on him and Megan. And 
I don't think they're both going to dump him. And I think that Megan's going to stick around. I do too. Because that's her king and she's the queen. <laughs> I think they're going to stick around. And I, I listen, I don't know what Sarah's going to do. I, I think she needs to take her precious child and, and, and scooch on and, and get it moving and let him see her once a month or something. And that's it. I feel the same, but that's exactly what he feared. And so that's why he has the Pacific plan. <laughs> he has the Pacific plan, and his Pacific plan is to have sex with her just one time. But is more specifically, he would have liked to have had sex with <laughs> Megan first. <laughs> I love the quote. If this quote doesn't tell you everything you need to know, you guys, when he says, I would have liked to have sex with my fiance when I got out of prison, but unfortunately, I couldn't because I was with my wife. I had to have sex with my wife first. Right. With my wife first. Oh. I mean, I'm like, is that just like the best quote? I mean, that's all you need to tell people when they're like, why do you watch this? You're like, because people say things like this with a straight face. Well, he said, yeah. When they said, I don't understand why you wore those shirts, king and queen, with your wife when you got out of prison. He said, because she is a queen. I don't understand. What do you mean? She's a, she's a queen, but she's not my queen. Megan right. is my queen. Megan's like, my queen. What? Oh what? my God. First of all, what? nobody should use that phrase at all, and especially not with two different women. Yeah, but do you think that the producers, the camera crew, were just like high-fiving each other, just going out for drinks every single night when they discovered the storyline? I mean, how did they discover this? I they think- had to discover one woman first, and I think that probably was Megan. Yes, I think Megan probably submitted them. He was probably yes. like, "Fine." And then when they talked to him, he was like, "Well, let me tell you something else. And exactly. can I and can I get double the money because I brought you two different storylines?" Exactly. And then they were like, "Hey, Sarah, can we film with you? We're talking to your husband about a show called Love After Lockup." Do you know um, on that show Unreal where they have the producers, they get prizes and stuff if their girls yes. stick around the longest. This is what I'm imagining that the producers that got this storyline for sure won the office pool. Oh, they won the equivalent of the Grammy for best best production the entire year. I mean, you could not script this. It's like we're seeing on Seeking Sister Wife. There's nothing even this good. This is just a natural storyline that's happening with real people, allegedly. But I, I'm believing it. I'm believing that some semblance of the storyline is happening. I don't know if Megan is really in the dark as much as we think she is. But if she is, my God. And Sarah, too. Unbelievable. I mean, okay, we know we, we know that the inmates are in the dark because they've literally been in the dark. They've been in prison. <laughs> they haven't had this TV show to know anything about it. <laughs> well, Lizzie is super happy because she's on the outside this year. So, you know, she actually gets to be in the show. She doesn't have to just, like, record from her prison cell with her cell phone that she ends up getting locked up and given more time for. Oh, Lizzie. She and Scott got engaged this week after she was like, uh, okay, I guess. Like, I don't know. And he was just like, yeah, I'm going to give her this ring that I can't afford anymore because I need to lock her down. Do you think we are going to see them in the 10 extended episodes that, that WeTV just added on? Or is Lizzie, like, on her way out? As soon as Scott tells her he doesn't have any money, what is she going to do? I don't know. I, I really don't know. Because I, I, on the one hand, I think, you know, when she tried to give him that makeover, she was like, let me just see what I'm working with here. Like, maybe I can fix it. But then when she fixed it, it was so much worse. So... It's unfixable. I think it's unfixable. And I don't know. That situation is so sad because he is so stupid. And... She is just a grifter. She's just a hustler. Yeah, you know exactly. She's Tracy if Tracy has like 10 more years in the clink. 
you know, to really refine her skills. I think if she, when she finds out he literally is completely broke, well, first of all, she'll say, why did you give me all that money? You know, she'll blame him again. Right. And yeah, I think she'll be out of there with that ring and then try to sell it real quick. I think so too. And in fact, did somebody say that they saw it on a pawn shop on the buy, sell, swap site? Am I dreaming this up? Did I dream this? How would they know? How would they know? Would they be like famous ring from TV? She has an Instagram account and somebody linked it to her. And I, okay, don't pay any attention to any of this. I'm rambling, but I swear to God, I saw something like this. I don't know if it's true. I don't know what's going on. She is very sweet on social media. She's playing her cards right and not being at all like the season six, 90 day fiance. She's not fighting with viewers at all. Even if people are calling her names and things like that, she's just like, God bless. She's really being a woman of God out there, Mary Payne. Well, Maybe she's looking for a new man of God. I mean, she could join uh, Dimitri and Ashley. They're looking for a sister wife. She's conveniently re-virginized too. Born again virgin. As soon as she's met Scott on the outside, she was like, and I'm also a virgin again and I can't have sex because I'm a woman of God. All of a sudden. I think if Scott was my choice, then I would re-virginize myself as well. Exactly. Oh my God. Okay. You are having an amazing guest on again on Pain in the Pod next week. And so we have to tell everybody about it because it's a podcast host for a true crime pod that I recommended on this podcast just a couple weeks ago. It's called Cold. And oh my gosh, it's amazing. And so who are you having on? Tell us all about it. Okay. Yes. I'd never heard of that podcast till you told me which is the whole reason for this podcast is to learn about new things. And I quickly went and looked it up and I knew about the case because you, you kind of filled me in and I was like, Oh yeah, everybody remembers that is Susan and Josh Powell. And she disappeared and obviously he killed her, but we don't know if he killed her before they left the house or if he killed her later, but he took his kids camping in the middle of the night, which of course you would do when it's four degrees outside. His kids are like five and three. And right. came don't back. Don't give any like, spoilers, just in case. Yeah, it but, came back yeah. two days later, and, and then it's a horrible, horrible story of his dad's involved somehow. He's a creep. And every like the, the podcast that came out last week, a couple of people sent me Instagram messages were like, have you caught up on this? Did you hear it? I mean, uh-huh, it is uh-huh. so effed up. So uh-huh. I am interviewing the host of that. His name is, um, I believe it's Dave Crawley, and he's the person that has unearthed all these audio recordings and diaries and things that he's been doing it for years. So I cannot wait to talk to him. I'm so excited that you got this interview. So your podcast is called Pain in the Pod based on one of your two names, Mary Payne. Yes. P-A-Y-N-E in the pod. And it's all about podcasts. So tell us us, uh, what other kind of interviews you've done and why we should be listening. Okay. Well, I've interviewed you twice. Yeah, (laughs) because you keep putting out podcasts. Right. And for Pink Shade and Cult Talk. And then I've interviewed quite a few uh, reality ones you would have heard of, like Jackie Schimmel or Troy Turner. And I interviewed Rob Shooter, who's a gossip columnist. He's hilarious. Kate Casey. Kate Casey, of course. And I just interviewed Heather McDonald. She was great. Annabelle DeSisto. So a lot in that vein. And then I've interviewed um, quite a few that are like true crime. And I have actually a few more coming up. And I did one uh, with a guy from Mississippi called Jason Jones and his story of his grandmother and then my friend's grandmother, they were murdered. These two old ladies were murdered t- together and 
that story was just on 48 hours and that podcast is called knock knock and through dna dna evidence they have just arrested someone i can't believe that i mean you had just put out that interview you did with him and of course his podcast has been out for a while and then the 48 hours came out with the arrest i was like oh my god this confluence of events i know and i interviewed um josh block from the podcast uncover escaping nexium yes you did yeah and i'm hoping that um with that story they're supposed to be going to trial sometime in march he doesn't know if it will but if so, um, I'm going to try to interview him again once that gets going. And then another great one I did was uh, Julia Lowry Henderson from the podcast. Um, it's a 30 for 30 sports podcast about Bikram Yoga, about the founder of Bikram Yoga. And that was a really good one. So I'm just, you know, I've been doing it since October. I, I, I'm kind of getting in there. And it's every every month, every week, I feel like I'm getting better. I feel like the podcast is getting better. I feel like I'm learning from great podcasters like you who are being encouraging and like Kate Casey. I mean, it's just been, it's been an amazing experience. It really has. I'm so glad you're doing it. And I love your podcast. And you guys, if you're not subscribed to Pain in the Pod, you can find it anywhere. You can find it on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, right? Stitcher, Google Play, anywhere you can find podcasts. Basically. It's everywhere. And then you're it's all also, over the place. social media is also also at Pain in the Pod, P-A-Y-N-E, Pain in the Pod. I would love for you to get, and you're going to, of course, you're getting requests from all kinds of people, but if you could, uh, you should look at the people from The Dream. Have you listened to The Dream about um, the MLM I, schemes? Go ahead and look at my Twitter and see how hard I've been stalking that girl. Oh, I will help <laughs> you stalk. I am so obsessed with that podcast about the MLMs and the whenever multi-level see, marketing nightmare. Yeah, whenever I see her tweet, within four seconds, I tweet her and go, hey, hi, <laughs> Love it. remember me? I'm trying to get you on. I've sent her emails. I have private messaged her. I have tweeted at her from both my accounts. I have had my producer send her an email. <laughs> and then this last, this last <laughs> note I sent her and I was like, I'm fully aware I'm now at semi-stalker status, but I've had a request for you to be on the podcast. I loved your podcast. All the compliments in the world are not getting her attention. So next time I do it, I'll CC you on it and say, hey, even Aaron Martin says. Oh my God, I have no pull. I have no pull, but I will be a stalker in arms with you. I stalk relentlessly as well. So I get it. And uh, I'm listening to Happy Face, the happy about the happy face killer right now. I listened to that. Yeah, it was sad. That is so disturbing. I mean, it's really dark. It's taken me to a dark place. I mean, also... The 10 inches of snow we have, the negative 65 degree weather Stop. that we're getting in my area on Wednesday. Yeah, it's. I'm in that mode already, like like everything's depressing. And then I'm listening to Happy Face at the same time. I mean, it just could not be darker. But I'm it's a tell great you, podcast. You know, another one I'm listening to that is so depressing is Broken Hearts. I am too. Oh, oh my God, so I'm sad. listening to that too about the kids who were driven over the cliff and the two adoptive moms and the whole process of how they weren't reported for years and years. I mean, that is a, again, though, a really well done podcast. Very well done. But so heartbreaking. It's so heartbreaking. I've been listening to that. And that's the kind of thing, like, I'd love to have um, the two women that did that on my podcast. But I'm like, oh, I I might need to go to get something upbeat first because it's so, it's such a a downer. Yeah. Like you got to get Ronnie Karam from like Rose Pricks or Watch What Crappens. I know you've been stalking them too. You'll get them on at some point. Hardcore stock. Hardcore stock. Seriously. Well, you know, we can always balance out all this dark podcast stuff with, you know, really light Netflix viewing like we've been doing, like the Ted Bundy tapes or Abducted in Plain Sight. Oh no, I can't. That, I don't think I'm, I wish I would never have seen that. Me too. That is really upsetting. (laughs) 
Okay, everybody who has watched Abducted in Plain Sight, you know what we're talking about. And if you haven't watched it, we won't give you any spoilers. But suffice to say, you're not going to believe what you're looking at. It's on Netflix. It's a true, you know, kind of document two-hour documentary. And I, I also uh, could not believe the parents were willing to give us this information about themselves. I can't Being, either. in my opinion, the shittiest, the shittiest parents alive. They try to say as they were naive. I'm like, this was, no, no, I don't think so. It goes so. beyond that. Yeah. Okay. It, uh, there's so much to talk about with that. Maybe we'll do a full podcast about that sometime because it is just, it was mind blowing. And I felt like you, after I watched it, I'm like, I wish I didn't know any of this. And there were so many parts of it also that I was like, they didn't explain this. They didn't explain this. And how can the whole family now just talks about it 30, 40 years later as if like that was a very bad time in our lives. I'm like, oh, oh okay, what? Exactly. And the, the mother had written a book. I'm like, what? Like, uh, oh my God. Uh, unbelievable. Truly. Now the Ted Bundy tapes, did you get through all four episodes? Okay. Or five? I was, was it four or five? I, I was about to start it and my 15 okay. year old daughter came down. She was like, I want to watch this with you. But mm -mm, because mm -mm. she's 15, she's a binger. So if I start it, like we have to watch it all the way through. So I'm kind of giving her a few days to forget about it, and then I'm going to watch it by myself. So that yeah. I, number one, don't have to watch it with her, and number two, she's dying to watch it. Oh my gosh! Well, I don't know. I mean, of course, you know, you know what she can take. I bet my daughter at that age would watch it too. She watches kind of hardcore stuff for an eight year old now. Yeah, she's <laughs> like, a, really? but yeah, my daughter's totally like a murderino. She's 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 read a book about Ted Bundy already. So I was oh like, well, God, I guess it doesn't keep you up. Exactly. You know, it's really well done, though. It starts off slowly. It does start... To me, it dragged a little bit the first episode, but then, man, I got so much information out of that that I had never, ever known before. I had no idea. I won't I won't give any spoilers because okay. I know a lot of people are making their way through it, but yeah, Abducted in Plain Sight and the Ted Bundy tapes on Netflix are worth a watch for both being disturbed and talking about afterwards. I mean, there's a lot to talk about there. So yeah, we're just really bogged down in our... Real heavy content right now. That's why we watch things like Love After Lockup and Seeking Sister Wife. That's right. To give us a little a little happiness with our crack addicts to balance out the serial killers. Exactly. It sparks joy. I pick it up. It sparks joy. <laughs> I keep it. <laughs> Mary Payne Gilbert, thank you so much. Everybody go subscribe to Pain in the Pod, and we will talk again very soon. Okay. Thanks, Erin. Thanks to Mary Payne Gilbert for coming on the show today to recap these awesome shows. Make sure to tune into her podcast, Pain in the Pod, on any platform. She really does interview some fabulous, fabulous podcasters. Give me your recommendations. What are you listening to? What are you watching? Come over to the Pink Shade with Aaron Martin Facebook page and join us there. Get in on the conversation. Head over to patreon.com slash pinkshade for bonus recaps bonus episodes, bonus interviews, bonus, bonus, bonus everything, and to support the podcast. Thank you so much to everyone who's done that. Thank you for rating and reviewing the show on iTunes. I truly appreciate it. I got to tell you, you guys tuning in every week is why I'm doing this. And I thank you from the bottom of my heart. Follow me at Erin Leah Martin on Instagram and Twitter if you want to connect with me on social media. And until next time, I will see you in reality.